Are we set to go back to the future with cassette tapes? Are cassettes set to launch a bit of a, well, comeback tour? You remember cassettes, right? Those tiny little plastic rectangles that contained, they were the home to your homemade mixtape of yesteryear. Well, they apparently are making a bit of a comeback. Will they make as big a comeback as vinyl? Who knows? But both Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber have recently released new music on cassette, on tape, and it's got a lot of people thinking about a possible cassette revival. So is the cassette tape ready to launch a comeback tour? Let's ask Alan Cross, host of the ongoing history of new music. He joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Alan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right. Uh, Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande have recently released music, Alan, on cassette. On cassette. Is that a little strange? Yeah. I mean, there is this movement, or at least they want us to believe that there is a movement, that like vinyl, the cassette is making a comeback. And we've seen all these stories about how hipsters are rhapsodizing about, you know, things like mixtapes and the tactile feel and how you use cassettes back in the day. And wouldn't it be nice if we could bring them back? And uh, my response to that is uh, phooey. Uh, we do not need the cassette back. <laughs> and it is not coming back. Can I just uh, look at some stats here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So uh, to this point... In Canada, uh, in in this uh, this year, we have sold one million two hundred eighty-seven thousand six hundred physical albums. Of that, about one point one million are CDs. Okay, how many cassettes have we sold across Canada so far <laughs> in twenty nineteen? Uh, is the number even approaching a hundred? I'd be shocked if it was like a hundred. Well, it's it's actually 1,500, okay, which is down 6% from where we were this time last year. So uh, all cassettes, all across Canada, 1,500 have been sold. Now, remember back in the 1980s, there was a point following the introduction of the Walkman that the cassette was the most popular format for pre-recorded music. And, and is that because it was just so portable? We were coming off of uh, vinyl, which, of course, you had to be uh, you know, at your house or at a buddy's place uh, to listen to music, but all of a sudden we had the Sony Walkman and uh, we could take our music with us? That's that's exactly it. That's It was all about portability. And, of course, at this point, we got everybody got rid of their eight tracks in their car and we're now playing cassettes. So they were uh, the favored thing. Now, uh, cassettes have long fallen from from favor. Uh, magnetic tape, in fact, has fallen from favor. If you, uh, there's an article I saw just recently that said that uh, cassettes, uh, or that magnetic tape is an, in great shortage, and they're blaming it on the resurrection of cassettes. Well, maybe, but they're also struggling to keep up with demand from old school recording studios who want to record on cassette. Okay. Okay, and I'm going to tell you something else about the cassette market. And this applies mostly to the United States because they're the ones that are really pushing this thing. Uh, do you know what the biggest market for pre-recorded cassettes are in America? Like currently today? Currently yeah. today, yeah, I it's would a think specific. It's a specific market, specific uh, specific demo. Because I would think it would be somebody around my age, kind of like late forties, that kind of sort of came of age musically in the early to, to mid eighties, and it was uh, all about, as we mentioned, the portability and the fact that I could actually record record something uh, on cassettes. That uh, would be that market, that demo that would uh, kind of have that throwback feeling. 
Yeah, no. The, uh, the biggest market is prisoners. Okay. <laughs> and the, the, this, this is true because there are a couple of companies that specialize in providing music for inmates in America. And there's, you know, millions of people incarcerated. Uh, you cannot give inmates compact discs because you can turn those into a shiv. Okay. Uh, an MP3 player, maybe, but you would need access to a computer. So the favored form of of pre-recorded music in the prison system in the United States are cassettes, and there's a number of companies that supply this. Uh, the cassettes have to be made without screws, and they have to be made of a certain type of plastic that is completely see-through, so you can't smuggle anything in. And if you ask uh, where most of the pre-recorded cassettes are going, it is going to the prison population. See, this is why we love having Alan Cross on, because <laughs> we get this information that nobody would ever guess that would be happening or, uh, you know, would be true. So prisoners are driving the cassette revolution here. They, they, they really seem to be. Yeah. So if you hear stories, especially if they come out of the United States, do not believe the hype that cassettes are coming back. They're certainly not coming back in... in Canada, despite efforts like Cassette Store Day, which comes up in, in September every year. Oh, kind of like Record Store Day. They've decided yes, to take I, it back on that. I think we've, what, we're into the fifth or sixth year of Cassette Store Day. Uh, and even with, with that kind of hype and that kind of promotion, uh, nobody, they're tchotchkes, they're collectibles, they're, they're things that you buy and never play. Do you have, Jeff, do you have anywhere in your possession, in your house, in a box or in a storage locker somewhere. Do you have a cassette player? You know what? I do not have a cassette player. I thought you were going to ask me if I have cassettes because uh, guilty as charged there. Uh, I've got like a couple of boxes of old CDs, uh, a bunch of old vinyl, uh, but I do have like one small box of cassettes that I remember getting like a catching up with Depeche Mode uh, on cassette. And it, again, it was wonderful to listen to on my Sony Walkman because I could take it with me. But inevitably, the cassette would snap or break, Alan, or, uh, you know, you it wouldn't quite, quite be tightly wound enough and you'd have to get the pencil out and fiddle with it as well. As you mentioned, it was really at the end of the day more of a novelty thing that, uh, I don't know, I had a moment for four or five years and then the CD came along. Uh, well, it was actually longer than four or five years, but it, it was completely eclipsed by the CD. And you're absolutely right about uh, them jamming. Uh, people of this generation, of the new generation, have no idea what we talked about, what you just mentioned yeah. with, with, with the pencil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not to mention how they melted on the dashboard in the summer. Oh, of course, yes. You can't leave them in the car. You're, you're absolutely right. But uh, and I, I can remember like Maxell, a big company back in the 80s, and a huge advertising campaign that if you're going to record your favorite music, this is the tape you need to do it on. It's going to yeah. be pristine. Yeah, you were either a Maxell or a TDK person. That's right, yes. Back in the day. And when it came to the pre-recorded cassettes, they inevitably sounded awful. I have some, I have a Rush 2112 cassette that I, I still have. And in terms of frequency response and sonic quality, it's terrible. Uh, I also have, uh, I remember a friend who insisted on cracking a pre-recorded cassette much like a chiropractor. So what he would do is he would hold them by the sides and give the cassette a slight twist in either direction in order to, and you would hear a crack that would apparently free up the, the spools inside and make the cassette less liable to get jammed. Oh, I never heard that one before. Okay. Yeah, neither had I, and I ended up doing it a lot, and I and it really cut down on the number of jam cassettes I had.
I also remember, of course, uh, buying pre-recorded uh, cassettes, and the tabs would be punched out at the top. And if you got tired of the album or you didn't like it anymore, you just uh, use some scotch tape and then record some other music on it. Yeah, if you're 22 years old, you have no idea what Jeff just said. Yeah, <laughs> but that's right. There was the tabs on top, yeah. and if you wanted to keep something from being pre-recorded, uh, then you had, or if you wanted to keep something from being recorded over, you had to cover those holes. Yeah, with you, a piece of tape. Yeah. Uh, just and, finally, oh, another thing that bugged me. Another yeah, okay. Thing. Uh, the, the you know what did you call a cassette tape case? Oh yeah, because it wasn't it had a, a name. Yeah, it wasn't an album cover. That, that's for no. sure. Uh, I don't know. Is there an official name? A J box. Okay. Oh, because it was kind of shaped like a J, right? Where it would hold the the tape in the cassette in. Right. And how often would those hinges break? Oh, like on day two of any yes. uh, cassette that you broke, yeah. Uh, Alan, just to bring this uh, full circle, do you think Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande, is there some, uh, I don't know, marketing genius in all of this because uh, all of a sudden now, uh, you know, a few people are talking about uh, cassettes and hopefully their music? No, it's it's just a marketing ploy. It is, yeah. uh, it's nothing, no different than buying a T-shirt. It's just like, ooh, look at this cool thing that I can put on my shelf that I'll never play. Yeah. <laughs> If only I had something to play this on. <laughs> I have no love loss for the cassette. None. It is an old format that dates back to 1964, and we're done. Move on. Amen to that. Uh, Alan Cross, great to speak with you as always, sir. Thank you so much. You're welcome.